time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in the corner. Hoach. CHGO. It's Adam Ho. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But yeah, crazy. For me. I feel like, I, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. On a Wednesday morning, a little bit different. On a different week, Bears turning the page to the Dallas Cowboys, John. It's a condensed week. Yes. Walkthrough walk through podcast for us today. It is kind of a walkthrough podcast today. A little shorter, a little condensed. Got to rest the body, rest the mind. A walkthrough. Something like it. Re- I don't feel very rested. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Everything just gets more condensed. To, like You still have the same amount of work. Yes. It's just in uh, less time. Yeah, I was up late trying to finish my newsletter. Didn't happen till this morning, so I was up early. And here we go with a pod, but we're not really supposed to be doing pods on Wednesday. But that's how it works. The Bears are going to have a walkthrough today. Not even a full practice, right? That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Synergy. So when they, lose, when they lose on Sunday, hey, they should have practiced on Wednesday. <laughs> They benched Tevin Jenkins once because he had a you, bad Wednesday. Now they're not even practicing. Number one, you don't need to exaggerate your own Chicago accent. Sorry. You have it enough. It works <laughs> just, just fine. It's more fun when I do it. That <laughs> Number way. two, they need the time off. Yeah. Physically. They'll be there mentally. They'll be in meetings and whatnot, but they just played a game two days ago. Awesome. Very also, physical game on their part, too. Also, they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys, right? Oh, Damn come it. on. All right, uh, so we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, speaking of accents, <laughs> your voicemails. from the, I, I can't wait to hear this. I think we got a lot of voicemails. Well, there's a lot we, of accents, too. We go all the way from Bob Dabrowski to legitimate Irish. England. Yeah. Yeah. We're all over. Here you go, your voicemails. Bears, Patriots. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! All right, so the Bears just scored a touchdown. We're up 10 points. And I think I'm just going to turn the TV off, go to sleep, and save myself from the depression of the next three quarters. Go Bears, bear down. Boys, it's your boy Chris from Shelton, Connecticut. And I don't know what the hell happened in our mini bye week, but I love it. Ten nothing, Chicago Bears by a million. What's up, Bobby V? Peace out. Well, guys, it's the end of the first quarter, and Patrick's already off the field and doesn't look good. Must have first back in. Must be some kind of destiny for him or something. But in my opinion, they should get Staley the Bear in there and play center. He's got the size. Ten nothing, bear down. Dennis, do you hear that noise? 
that noise is the sound of national respect coming on our Chicago bet. Let's go. Hey, guys, this is Brian in Los Angeles. I'm just curious when we're going to stop gassing up Jalen Johnson like he's one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. I've never understood it. It just seems to be the narrative that we run with year in and year out. He has no picks to back that up, and he gets torched at least once or twice a game. Please, please justify this. There needs to be a conversation about just the discipline, the eye discipline of this defense. In Indianapolis, that is what that defense, when Foose was there, was predicated on. What's up, Adams? This is uh, Rick from Will Madigan. Uh, just had my fourth Italian beef of the evening because it's a Monday night game, and that's when we eat Italian beef. Uh, man, Lucas Patrick's toe injury means Mustafa's back in. He's baloney. Heard us in the second quarter, but we came back to be up six and a half with an incredible catch by Darnell Mooney. Bears are going to be Super Bowl winners. I'm thinking Luke Getzey finally figured out that, like, hey, Justin Fields has legs. Let's use him because, hey, if there's going to be giant holes in our own line, that look like Swiss cheese, we might as well let our QB run through them instead of just getting tackled and destroyed. Bears have a chance to dominate the middle eight. Justin Fields looking like a big boy out there. Bear down. Oh, good job. Bears lead halftime. Not important. Important thing is the Patriots are showing you what we should be doing. Zappy, you take another quarterback. Fields might be the answer. He might not. Who knows? But if you don't take multiple chances at that position, you don't have people to choose from. And right now, Zappi is going out there looking like he's a rock star. And they took a first-round pick last year. Take a quarterback every year until you got the man. Go Bears. Hey, Luke. Hey, Jones. Uh, long time, first time here. Uh, it's Ren. And it, it might be because I'm three beers deep and I haven't had dinner yet. Uh, but I'm, I'm ready to commit to Fields. I, I think... You know, you take the good with the bad. He'll take sacks the rest of his life. Bad sacks. But, god damn, he's got legs. Hey, Bears fans. B-Man here. I've been screaming to get Justin some help. Maybe Luke on the right place is all we needed. Bear down! Oh, Johns. The hoodie isn't passing Hallis tonight. Rob W. down here to the southwest of I-55. And how about our boy, JF1, hanging a Foxborough pelt onto his resume. First try. Dial up some salmon for Uno, because we got a dog at quarterback. Let's go bear down. Hoggy Cat, John Z. Babe. They just like that, they pull us right back in. I mean, it wasn't as good as Justin Fields' Pittsburgh game, I'll say that. Overall, really loved the game plan, loved the design runs, loved all the running. I mean, really, just a really great game from Getsy for the most part. And hey, Bears win on prime time. Not too many times we can say that. Bear down. They have more rushing yards than the Patriots have total yards, so might celebrate with a couple of whiskey cokes. You boys have a great week. Bear down. What's up, Hogan Jones? This is Peyton from Dallas. Uh, where's this been all season? All I gotta say is Justin Fields, dog. Hey, Hogan Jones. Just wondering if you can recommend a self-help book about uh, learning to trust again. Of all the great things that we saw last night, we have a moment that now will be iconic in football lore. Surplanting the butt fumble, we now have the brisker dick pick. That's all. Hey, hey, Hawker Cat. Hey, hey, Johnson Bear. Chicago Bears are going all the way. We are Chicago 
Yeah, boys, never a doubt, never a single doubt in this old rickety brain box hitting the top of Robert Babowski being bullhead. Let's go, Chicago Bears. There's no more questions, boys. No more questions anymore. It's not a question of whether, if the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. The only question that remains is when will Roger Goodell change the NFL rules so that the Bears can win two Super Bowls in one season. Let's get it done, boys. Chicago Bears, Bears down. Oh, it's good to hear Bob happy again. Have you ever seen that video of the high school player like going through his roster, like his running backs? He goes through his offensive linemen, and he goes, dog. Like He describes them all as dogs. It's it's a hilarious clip. Have you ever seen that? No. So it, Google it after the show if you're, if okay. you're listening. If you're listening right now or watching on YouTube, no. Google it as well. But one of the callers, when he called Justin Fields a dog, he like basically... Mimic the voice of the kid. It's a, it's a hilarious clip. Okay. Check it out as he goes through oh. his roster. But that, that stood oh. out. I took issue with a couple of the, the comments there. Jalen Johnson, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say he's like Darrell Revis good. No, he needs more ball production, but he's yes. a really good corner. Was, was that in response to the deep ball down the sideline? That was good coverage. Yes. The yes. guy made a great catch. Heck of a throw, some play action there. I got Jalen Johnson's cover stats if you want them. In four games, he's been targeted 14 times. Eight completions, that's a 57.1%, 116 yards. No touchdowns, an opposing passer rating of 84.2, which is his best It's his best mark in, in his young career, and it's only four games, but he's good. The Bears' defense is better with Jalen Johnson. Can we just be clear on that? Yeah, I mean, we. I think we saw that very clearly when he came back and what it would look like when he wasn't out there. There was a there was a huge difference. Yeah, that yes. was an interesting that was an interesting call. Um, did you see the angle of the uh, what did what did the caller call it the dick pick? Yeah, because <laughs> he got the interception something, off of something. it. Yeah. But did you, there's there's, a, there's there's two things. One, did you see there was going around on Twitter yesterday an angle of the interception that appeared to show the ball possibly hitting. The sky cam wire. Did you see that at all? On Brisker's interception? Yes. And it was the one angle. I think I think it was an optical illusion, Johns. But the one angle that was going around on Twitter, it sure as hell looked like it hit the wire. Once I saw the end zone angle, though, on the actual coach's film, you can't really see the wire. Those wires there. are very high. I know it, they're very high, and I do not see any evidence on the end zone angle that had the whole throw from start to finish that it the ball redirected or got knocked down in any way. And more importantly, I think on a if that really happened, don't you think the people on the field would have immediately been pointing? Or noticed, or like the receiver or the quarterback. The quarterback, like, yes. Yeah, Mac wait a minute. Jones would have been like, "What the hell, man?" Yeah, and and there's not a. I I literally scanned the field for a single person that was like, "Hey, that hit the what?" You know, like just pointing up or anything. So, I think it was just an optical illusion, but it was very, it was very interesting. Have you ever seen that wire be hit by a pass? That's not like. I can't recall any instance where the the wire is touched by a pass. I don't think so. 
I, I, I think they do a pretty good job of, of keeping it out of the way, but I wouldn't rule it out eventually happening or at some point happening. So, um, yeah, that was just interesting. The other thing, though, I wanted to point out on the same same angle, the end zone angle of the coach's film, it doesn't do uh, Mac Jones any favors on the, uh, whether was that intentional or not, putting his cleats up. I mean, it looks, it just looks bad. Well, on the broadcast, like that, his foot extends, it goes from on the ground, like I get it, sometimes momentum carries your body parts all over the place, but that's a fully extended leg that goes on the ground, straight up into the crotch of Jaquan Brisker, who's jumping over you. Well, it, and I thought on the TV broadcast, it looked like the bottom part of his cleat clipped the ground, and you know how that can kind of cause your leg yeah, to like a little stutter and go up. up? But I guess my overall conclusion was, I can't really tell if that was intentional or not, but I don't think Mac Jones cared that he did it. Because you know if you kick somebody in the nuts. <laughs> and he yes. doesn't even... There's no my bad or check on him. It's no remorse. Up, toss the ball to the ref, run back to the huddle. Zero remorse about it whatsoever. And there's there's been some good Grayson Allen comps that I've heard in the last 24 hours. You had the inc- incident last year where he twisted Brian Burns' ankle. Do you remember oh, that? I remember that, yeah. That was yeah. a thing. Um, that was else, blatant. Someone else had a clip, I think, from this game, earlier in this game against the Bears, where he slid and then kind of kicked his leg out to the right, like almost like in a tripping motion. So I don't know if Justin Fields has that dog in him. I think uh, I think Mac Jones might have that... Uh, dirt in him. <laughs> dirt in him, yeah. <laughs> a little dirty of a player. Well, he got benched. Bears got zapped a little bit. You heard some of that in the voicemails. Also, if you think Justin Fields is moody in his press conferences, Mac Jones is like, <laughs> well, he he's got moody. some he passive aggressiveness <laughs> yeah, in him. Yeah. That is just like, holy. If you, if you think the Bears got zapped, <laughs> Mac Jones got zapped. <laughs> yeah, he's a cranky dude. Um, yeah, so he's on my Grayson Allen list, I think. Cool. The- you have a Grayson Allen list? Who is it? Grayson Allen on Mac Jones? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> John Starks. Call it like a John Starks list. Oh, I like that. Yeah, notoriously dirty players. Do anything? Yeah, he. Yeah. No, but we grew up in an era where John Starks was like the most hated man in Chicago. Right, right. No, no, no. For sure. I mean, he is still number one on my list of yes. athletes I can't stand. But I, I was trying to think though back to like, did he really do anything that was specifically dirty, or, or did we just hate him because he was John Starks and annoying in those play playoff series? But yeah, no, I can remember like some shoves. After uh, wasn't there the one shove where was it Scotty was in the Scotty Scotty and he just that was a different era of basketball though like the shit that Grayson Allen does was like a regular occurrence. You know who was like that was was Sue for the Lions like every hit on Cutler felt a bit oh extra Sue was dirty and and to his credit though he kind of he kind of stopped that like and can Sue is he still in the league he was still playing last year yeah. He was and, in the Buccaneers, wasn't he? Yeah, and and that stuff like stopped a long time ago. But early on in his career, he, he was a lot of that fierce, stuff. Fierce, nasty player. But sometimes you like that in your defensive lines. Bears could use some of that. It was fun watching the film of Tevin Jenkins and Kari Blassingame in, in, in this one. 
there was there are some there's some fun uh, plays where if your eyes are in the right place and not necessarily on the football, you see you see Tevin Jenkins doing some, some every game. Like it's almost fun now. Like every game, like who could find it first? Like when you're going through the film yeah. for those clips, like Nick Moriano's good at it. Like he finds him right away. He had one last week where Tevin Jenkins, I forget the defensive lineman for the for the Commanders, where he literally runs the guy out of the film. Yes, on a on a run play. Like Nick, he got Nick Bosa in week one. There's there's highlights like that in every single game. And if you're Ryan Poles, I, I get that they want to challenge the kid more. I understand that because he, you're doing what you're doing, right? You're trying to build your culture, but the kid produces those pancakes that you gotta love, that the team loves. It's fun watching him. The one I shared yesterday was on the interception, but. You know, I because I've kind of wondered, for a 6'4 quarterback, Justin Fields sure has a lot of balls get tipped at the line of scrimmage. And I think that that's one of those things I think is partially on him, whether it's arm angles or different things he can do, but also the offensive line can help. And as I shared the clip, one of the ways to get defensive linemen to stop jumping in the air, leaving their feet, is to punish them when they do. And so on that play, Matt Judon's working on Larry Borum. And Larry doesn't do a good enough job of keeping Judon from jumping up in the air. And he jumps. And he gets his hand on the ball. And it turns into an interception. But I guarantee you Matt Judon's going to think twice the next time he does that. Because Tevin Jenkins came over and whopped him. I like how he recognizes it, too. Like there, I don't want to say there's like a hesitation, but there's a moment where he like looks to his left, looks to his right. Oh, he's in the air. I'm putting yeah. him in his ass. Yes. <laughs> Taught that, told to do that, and executed it quite violently, like he should and expected of him against Judon. The, and there was a couple other plays out there that where he's helping on the tackle, and and lays the wood a little bit. So the point there is. <laughs> The, <laughs> that, that sorry, that made me chuckle a little bit because if you watch that one, it's on the twenty yard scramble by Fields. Like he, he, he's on top of you for a second. I'm sorry. Is that the one where he's like body surfing him? Yes, yes. He's like literally. Yes. He's like literally doing this on yes, top. Yes, there, there's some comments out there like on Twitter that enjoyed what he did to to Judon in that that, that snap. Um, yeah, I mean. Look, that's on film, and defensive linemen are going to know that now. And and that is one way of getting a reputation. Uh, uh, the Bears need more of that on their offensive line. Yeah. He had that reputation at OK State. Didn't really have it last year, but he's, he's fitting in great at right guard, man. I like him a lot there. Mahler. Can I read you his, uh, his stats quickly? This is from True Media, which tracks all the pro football focus. Love it or hate it. I got it here. Here's Tevin Jenkins' season. Seven games, five starts. Offensive snaps, 297. Pass blocking snaps, 152. Run blocking snaps, 145. Sacks allowed, zero. That is a big zero. Pressures allowed, five. Hurries allowed. I'm not sure what the difference is, really. So you got pressures at five. Hurries at seven allowed. Hits allowed, zero. That's over 152 pass-blocking snaps in seven games this season for Tevin Jenkins. 
So he has not been responsible for a single hit on the quarterback. Or sack, yes. Well, obviously. Wow. That's good. Now, some- I know people have problems with pro football focus data because you're not sure what the assignments are specifically up front, but sometimes numbers match the eye test, and I think we can all agree that Tevin Jenkins right now is the Bears' best offensive lineman. Yes. I would have had Cody White in there, Cody Whitehair in there before he got hurt, but since Whitehair got hurt, yes, Tevin's. But that also gives you maybe a little bit of optimism that if when Cody comes back, line could be okay. I mean, right now I think the biggest weakness is a right tackle. Braxton Jones played a lot better left tackle this week than he did last week against Washington. Keep talking. I'll give you Larry Borm stats. Ooh. You ready? Now, True Media, is this the channel I have to look up every March to find the NCAA tournament games? Uh, I'm not sure. Or the, oh, uh, no, we at The TV. Athletic have access to it. This is part of our, our database for stats and whatnot. Larry Borm, seven games, seven starts. Offensive snaps, 405. Pass blocking snaps, 198. Run blocking snaps, 207. Sacks allowed, three. Pressures allowed, eight. Hurries allowed, six. Hits allowed one. So three sacks. So they count hits different than sacks. Yes. Okay. Honestly, the thing that stood out about you reading off both those numbers is just the balance in the Bears' offense. <laughs> like the oh, pass- like the pass blocking snaps or unblocking snaps? Yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're pretty similar. They're, they're right there. So that's interesting. Um. Well, another thing you can do to help. The pass blocking, especially when you are going up against a team like the Dallas Cowboys, the number two DVOA on defense, second in the league with 20 sacks as a team. You can run the quarterback. You can get these designed runs going. Make them think twice um, about rushing upfield. I can only imagine as the Cowboys were watching this game on Monday night and putting in their game plan yesterday as they're looking at the film. Little bit of a scramble to 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 whatever they already had advanced scouted on the Bears, whatever they already had ready to go. Defensively, they have to account for like a whole new chunk of the playbook now. Yeah, there's more. There's more. Here's my question for you. Like we saw some RPOs, not a lot of them, but we saw some from Justin Fields over the first six games. So what took Luke Getze this long to implement some of these things? Like true design runs, we're talking sweeps, counters, lead blockers, all of that. What took him so long in your opinion? I think the results. I I, I think the results. Um I, I just think that they were probably trying to avoid it if if they could because of the wear and tear it can put on the quarterback. Um, and, you know, Robert Mays had a good tweet yesterday that said, you know, that brought up how it was last year during the Eagles mini buy that they shifted to more of a run, run-based run offense even with the quarterback. And that's kind of when they put all that in. Sometimes you, Sometimes you just need the time, John. Seriously, like there's... There's not a lot of time out there. We're all, whatever we're doing in our lives, you, you, 
we can relate in some ways of like, hey, there's certain things we got to put off to do until we have more time. And it's the same thing as coaches, like especially on a short week going into that Washington game, like you can't really change what you do in three days. So now you have a whole extra weekend to go through things, spend the time to install it. You're not a week went by before they even went back out there on the practice field. And so I think that that time just gave them that opportunity to put it in. And then they got the results. Now, here's what I find interesting, Johns. And it's the idea that, look at it. So if the fear is that Justin Fields is going to hit more if he runs with the ball. Okay, well, which game did he take more hits? Against the Commanders or against the Patriots? The Commanders. Right. So So the reality is, if you do it right, a.k.a. the way Lamar Jackson's used in Baltimore, if you do it right, if you do it effectively, you could actually get your quarterback hit less because you saw it in the game the other day. Like, he's, if you're running in controlled running situations with the blocking, you don't really take a beating. You slide at the right times. You go out of bounds the right times. It's not the same. He's not approaching a, it like a running back. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same as a running back. Where you where you know you're getting hit on every play, you're trying to get yards after contact. It's a big part of the. This is just picking up what's there for you as a quarterback, okay? And then you get down, you move on to the next play. So if you do it the right way, not only not only are you not really getting hit on your runs, but you're also getting hit less on your dropbacks because you're not standing there in the pocket as much. You're not scrambling as much. Look at the times he got hit the other night. It was actually when he was scrambling. On pass plays. And he's got to throw the ball away. I would say it... it well, I, he, he did a good job of protecting himself on those runs. Like, now there is... He's doing what he's being told to do. Put it that way. Like, there was a counter in that game. I think it went for only like five or six yards. Like, if he puts his shoulder down into the defender, maybe he gets two more, two more yards. But he slides. A little bit of contact, but he slides to protect himself. Like, that's what you want. And use the great word there, control. Like, he's in control now. It's not so much the, the chaos of a scramble, who's coming from where, where can I feel the pressure, you know, is someone on my heels? He knows where he's supposed to go, and he knows what he's supposed to read and when he's supposed to get down. And I would say by using those those run calls, those design runs where you're, you're picking up five or six on first down or second down, you're helping your pass game. You're no longer in third and nine. You're no longer in third and eight. It helps be more productive to, to get quicker throws. You're not waiting for like the deep over or something like that from Darnell Mooney. It all helps. I'm not saying you do it every single series. I don't think the Bears will. I think Luke Getze kind of flirted with it earlier in the season. It's like using Valus Jones as a decoy. Like You, you saw the Patriots key on him. And you ran the ball with Justin Fields instead. I think you could go back to Valus Jones now because now they got to identify Justin Fields as a threat with the ball if he's going to use design runs in his play calls. Yeah, and the last point on this is just, like, you obviously have to be smart about it, right, as a play caller. I love when it's just third and five, they're on the sweep to the left, and he picks up, like, seven or eight. Like, it was the easiest play in the world. Like, that, like, and that, and that, and that's the thing, like, why so many people have been calling for this is because we're all in agreement that Justin still has a ways to go as a quarterback. 
but he's probably already in the Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen category of quarterback run runners in the league. That's an elite group. And he's a little bit different than all of them. I, I think he has a very interesting blend of being able to cut vertically, put that foot in the ground, cut vertically, special ability that the way Lamar Jackson can do. He might not quite have the same, um, I don't know, quickness, is that the right word, as Lamar Jackson, but he can still cut and get a field like Lamar. And then meanwhile, he's built more like Josh Allen. He's not quite as thick as Josh Allen probably to be able to bulldoze people over the way Josh can in some QB power. But he's 6'4", and and every time we see Justin Fields, we're reminded, yeah, this is a big dude. So I think he's like sort of got that blend, and I'm just talking strictly running right now. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, he's a, he is Justin Fields. He is, a, he is a special quarterback runner. And so if you have that already established, he could figure out the quarterback stuff. Develop them. It's going to take time, blah, blah, blah. But you already have this dude now who is that elite, one of the best in the world that can do it. Take advantage of it. I'm going to read you some stats here quickly, but like Justin Fields can handle it. Like his toughness should not be questioned. Like he can handle the the rigors of it physically, but also what needs to happen for him mentally in terms of protecting himself and getting down. If the Bills can do it with Josh Allen, the Eagles can do it with Jalen Hurts, the Ravens can do it with Lamar Jackson, I think he could do it with Justin Fields. He's able to withstand the contact when there is some, and he's smart enough, quick enough to get down to avoid some of those bigger hits, especially if things are controlled and he knows where his landmarks are and where the defenders could be. He's got blocks to follow, too. I also think it opens up a whole range of different plays you could add to your playbook, too, in terms of play action. Luke Getzi did a good job of moving the launch points, but when you add design quarterback runs to your game, there's different things you can do in terms of RPOs and whatnot. Can I read you some stats? Because you mentioned Jalen Hurts and what the Eagles did Last year after the mini-buy. Yeah. So I don't know if you know this or even if Justin Fields knows this, but he's finally completed his first full season in terms of 17 starts. That was his 17th start. So I kind of compiled those numbers versus Hertz and Allen, what they did in their 17 starts, right? And the numbers are quite similar in, in, in some areas. It's the like the completion percentage. Fields, 58.1. Allen, 56.9. Hertz, 58.9. Now, both of them, Allen and Hertz, have a lot more pass attempts, like 100 more pass attempts than Justin Fields. And obviously, I think he's caught in a different situation. Fields going from Ryan Poles or Ryan Pace wanting to win everything to clear rebuilding team here. But what stood out to me are a couple things. Like Justin Fields has 61 sacks in 17 games. Josh Allen had 40. Jalen Hurts had 34. So obviously that has to get better. But the rush attempts, and I think this is what Robert Mays was getting at. Over 17 games, 
Justin Fields has 129 for 750 yards and three touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, get this, 176 rush attempts for 1,005 yards and 13 touchdowns in his first 17 starts. Like, that was what Mays was was getting at, where they kind of committed to it, where that became, these aren't just scrambles now. We're not counting on the scrambles for first downs. We're going to move the ball with our quarterback with his legs and help that set everything up, help him improve that way as the passing game comes along at a slower rate. One other thing, and then we'll we'll move on quickly, but um, just the mental aspect. I, I still strongly believe this. I know I've talked about this a lot, but I thought it helped him in the game the other night with the runs. I I, I truly believe that Justin Fields is a quarterback that f- plays better with swagger, like feeds off some positive plays, like it really gets him going. You can see it in his body language on the field, on the sideline. Um. And a couple of those times, he, after a run, a positive run, he gets up, and you could just, like, the way he pops up, a little bit of a shimmy maybe sometimes. Like, you just see it in him that he's, he's okay, now he's rolling. Now he's rolling. And all of a sudden, he starts throwing the ball better now. Yeah. So even if those are just run plays, if they're helping him get in a rhythm in the passing game too, that's another reason why I would continue to roll with those with those plays. He's feeling better. Feeling better about what he's doing. Positive yards always make you feel more positive, right? I like that the the Bears are are doing this for him. Like like just the idea because how long did we argue that the Bears should do similar things like this for like Trubisky? They just like never did it, right? No. Maybe some RPOs here or there, and Trubisky yeah. struggled with some of those. Of course, every but, time Mitch ran on a design run, his shoulder would pop out. So <laughs> that, that is also true. Maybe not built physically for this, but I'm just happy to see that the Bears are actually doing this. Not scared to do it. Like, okay, let's let's run the ball with their quarterback because he should be the best player on the field. Let's make him look like it. Let's help him look like it. Uh, okay, we got to get out of here, but the last thing I know we want to talk about because, um, you know, I think it's obvious Luke Getzey listens to this podcast, and we appreciate that. Um, Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery on the field together. One snap, right? I think I, I think it was twice. There was twice? actually a couple times, too. Ebner was out there. With Herbert. With, I noticed there, that first. There were some couple two running back packages. I'm not talking fullback running back, actual two running back. It's just getting back to the idea, you got two good players. Get your best players on the field. Make the defense account for them. And like we said last week, doesn't have to be the whole game. Five plays, whatever it is. I just like seeing it. Um, oh, it, was a, even, it was a completed pass to Equinemia St. Brown. Sorry, I was looking at I, I officially like Equimania St. Brown. Okay? St. John. Good job by Equimania St. John. He's going to get the block. That dude just blocks like crazy. Just, just what? I mean, I'm not encouraging people to do this because it probably is not as fun as I am making it out to be. But just, if you just watch him the whole game, just block. <laughs> You appreciate no one's, it. No man. one's doing that, but no one should point do that. taken. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's just you know. And by the way, he's still catching the ball. 
you know, he's a possession receiver. He's not anything special, but you know, when they throw him the ball, he catches it. And not all the other receivers on the team can say can, that. Can I say what I appreciate most about it is is like the not only of course like coaches and GMs, they have a preference for players that have played for him before, right? And like you kind of like roll your eyes at it. Oh, I'm familiar with him, so it helps. But they had like a vision for him. And like it fit like, oh, I like Luke Getzey thought he could be a good blocker for a team that he wanted to make run heavy as they tried to figure things out for the quarterback. And you're seeing that come to fruition. The vision, the projection. That feels different to me just in terms of it's not just some guy they're they're used to or have coached before, but we actually think he has a job here. We have, we envision a role for him. And now he's actually doing it on game days. You're seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, any final thoughts? No. Keep going with the I Actually, yes. <laughs> First oh, time wow. ever. Yes. This is breaking news. <laughs> I liked how they used the running backs, too. They had the same amount of yards. I think David Montgomery had more snaps, more more carries. But there was, like, Khalil Herbert had to run out of bounds for, like, nine yards. He looked like he was developing the hot hand. But I like that Luke Getze brought in David Montgomery for the short yarded situation where he could fight for the two or three in the first down. I like that adjustment in that situation because Dave Montgomery's better at that. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. Like you can ride the hot hand, but when you have a situation where you just need a yard, I would use 32. Yes. And the hot hand belonged to uh, number one in that game as Ooh. well. Ooh. Yeah. He had a good game. Um, I, in my newsletter today, Bears Things, uh, allchgo.com to sign up. If you're not already signed up, I did a... Um, I've had a couple people ask me, John, for like a sort of a more in-depth breakdown of fields every week. So I kind of just like shared my notes like on every play that I had. So that's in there for you. Um, I also thought that the respect that Bill Belichick showed Fluce after the game was significant. So that was that's in the newsletter too. If you want to check that yeah, out, a longer than usual conversation between yes. the two after the game for a guy who is known for icy handshakes <laughs> after <laughs> specifically after getting his ass kicked. Yes, remember the playoff game against the Bills last year? Sean McDermott, he didn't want to talk to Sean McDermott. Bill O'Brien a couple of years ago. Bill O'Brien was on his staff. They're like yes. friends. Bill had to like seek him out. O'Brien had to seek out Belichick. And then oh, Belichick was just like, get out of here. <laughs> so I just thought it was, I thought it was noteworthy. And respect the flus. Respect the flus. Hashtag respect the flus. Uh, at least for this week, we are definitely respecting the flus. Bears. They don't have many wins like this. So I think it's okay to, uh, to be positive. Absolutely. Now. They beat the Patriots and Bill Belichick on the road in Foxborough on Monday night by what, 19 points? I'm not a math major, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> I, I think you're right. 33 minus 14. I was a math major. I wasn't actually, but. Three scores. That checks out. That checks out. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. I think not, that's it. That's it. We got to get out of here. Um, we will be back tomorrow on this quick week. Bam, bam, bam with the podcasts. But we will preview the Cowboys. Our producer, Kent Garrison's team, 
He's going to be our guest. He's going to jump on and tell us everything we need to know about the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? They're good. They might be the second best team in the NFC. So this is not going to be easy this week. I definitely think they're better than the Patriots. I think that's the one thing that got overlooked last week. The Patriots are okay. They're not great. And not to minimize what the Bears did, but I, 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 you know, I still pick the Patriots to win the game. I just, I, I think this is a little bit of a tougher test this week. So we'll break it all down. Tomorrow. Booger had them winning like twenty-seven to three. <laughs> the Patriots? Yes. Yeah. People were a little, but but same thing this week. Teaser. Nine and a half point underdogs. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, my, I think my preseason prediction of the Bears being a very valuable against the spread team is going to continue to be a thing because I, I nine and a half points like they're in every game. So we'll talk about all that tomorrow. We'll make our predictions. We'll break down the game. Kent will jump on to help us out. We're looking forward to that. Uh, hope everybody enjoys the rest of their Wednesday, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Respect the flus.